Welcome to the Penny Bloom Podcast. Ain't another place that has got more bombast. Rump past your mom, dad's listening to Tomcast. Talking everything that make you sad. We don't want that. We're here to make you smile. Put your mind at ease. Peace, love, and bloom, and always praise Keanu Reeves. This what we about. Get some weed and now. We'll talk until we can't no more, and then we peace and out. Alright, let's go. Penny Bloom Podcast. It's the Penny Bloom Podcast. Penny Bloom Podcast. everybody and welcome in to the penny bloom podcast this is our director spotlight and the director under that light is wes anderson film three of nine including asteroid city at the end uh this is the darjeeling limited released october 26 2007 with cinematography by robert yeoman written by wes anderson roman coppola and jason schwartzman and directed by Wes Anderson. Coppola? Is there a Yes, a there is a connection there. Uh, and a few connections there, and we will get to that. I am Colton Robertson. I am joined by Joseph George. What's up, homie? Oh, what up, what up? Always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it is always a pleasure to have you. Yes, there is a relation to that Coppola. Francis hmm. Ford Coppola is related to both Roman Coppola and Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Uh, wow. I was going to say because I uh this is the first time that I actually watched any real life stuff with Wes Anderson after this movie. I'm like I just got to know what his thoughts were on this movie for some reason. I really needed to know. And he went out to India with two other people and I think one of them, I think it was Roman Coppola and Jason Schwartzman, I think. And Jason Schwartzman plays Jack. Yeah. Um yeah. And, like, it just made this movie so much, like, I already felt that it was real and that this was just, I don't know, all of his movies seem just, like, it's very funny and a comedy, sure, but, like, all of the things that he focuses on are very real problems in very real life. And, and this was, I don't know, he actually went out to India and set, he traveled by train, did exactly what they did. Uh, not exactly, but... Um, a lot of what they did, yeah. yeah. And I thought, I don't know, it was just really, really cool to see, like... Nah, man, that uh, I I, I love this movie. I love this mm. movie. But that Coppola family tree, yeah, it spans Whoa. a bit. Um, because That's Francis cool. Ford Coppola's sister is Talia Shire, who you've probably heard of because she is the leading love interest in the Rocky films. Um, okay. okay. She's uh, what's her name in those? Uh, fuck. It's gonna you know kill me. me. I'm terrible with names, but I'll pull up IMDb. Adrian! Adrian! It's Adrian. Uh, But, uh, yeah, so she's Francis Ford Coppola's sister and Jason Schwartzman's mom. Uh, So Jason Schwartzman is the product of Talia Shire, the lead actress in the Rocky movies, the nephew of Francis Ford Coppola, and the cousin to Nick Cage, who is uh, Talia Shire's sibling, August Coppola's kid. Um, we got connections. Er, yeah. For this one. Oh, man, it, it's all connected. Um, yeah, there's a, that's a big, that's a big Hollywood family over there, the Coppolas. Wow. Um, 
Sophia Coppola, another director who I have interest in making a part of this project at some point, and that's Francis Ford Coppola's daughter. So there's a it's a big it's a big family over there. But yeah, Jason Schwartzman, very very I I love this movie and I love every single role in this movie. I think Owen Wilson is fantastic as Francis, Adrian Brody is wonderful as Peter, and Jason Schwartzman is awesome as Jack. Um I think they captured that brotherly essence so fucking perfectly. Like oh I mean, it made me happy as fuck. I wonder, like, because I just, I actually have a younger brother. I have an older sister. So I know I have, like, two brothers. But, like, I don't know. I have siblings. So, like, I, I, under, I understand some of the things that happen in this movie. But I wonder, like, if being an only child and watching this movie, how different that is. Um, and, like, I don't think it really diminishes from the movie at all. I think that it just, it really enhanced, like, just seeing, like, the, I don't know, all the sibling stuff. It like, did. Um, it did, man. Because I am... I have two brothers. Mm-hmm. I'm the oldest. I would be the Francis. Mm-hmm. My brother would be the uh, Quentin would be the Peter and Griffin would be the Jack. And uh, I'd like to think that we have a little bit. And that's what's interesting is that these three, the relationship they have at the beginning of this movie is obviously strained. They've been mm-hmm. estranged for a while since their father's funeral. They haven't talked to each other in a year. This is their chance to reconnect and stuff. And, you know, I can't, I can't tell you that my, me and my siblings have a relationship like this because one of them's 13. Uh, one of them's in yeah. college, you know, like we, we, we haven't matured to a point where we can reach this point of estrangement. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Uh, so like, uh, but even so, there's still this essence when they, when they argue and they nitpick at each other and there's, there's certain things they do where it's just like, 100% believable as as a sibling relationship and it makes me very happy mm-hmm. um that there's that part where uh you know Adrian Brody Peter is shaving in the mirror and he's like is that dad's razor you know he wouldn't want he, he wouldn't want you to have that you know and he's like he's like he told me i he, he told me i was his favorite as he laid there bleeding dying in the street and it's like uh, my god that like yeah. th- there're only certain people who you can come for the throat for like that Mm-hmm. and get away with it and it's your sibling you know yeah. what i'm saying uh, francis comes up he's like yeah i don't think dad would like you using that um it's just not jack what agrees. he would have wanted and he's like and jack agrees and jack's he like did. stop including me like yeah. that was like that whole part That's- is fucking perfect uh and i love like they all have their their own you know way different personalities uh like you know francis he's very on the dot has his laminated freaking time cards you know may that this is all i don't know he's very by the book by the minute and then you have you know peter uh just very going with the flow doesn't really care a whole lot jack just kind of i just i just find him hilarious like i don't know like he's just he's just kind of there you know and then like but like I start to like him more, like, at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, okay, Francis and Peter, like, they're, like, kind of the more main characters, and Jack is just kind of, like, there, but then I'm like, wait, I don't know, like... Jack's a a certain glue in this situation. They all, and, like, that's what's interesting, is that they all have their one-on-one moments, where it is, like, one of my favorite scenes, and I'll I'll just go ahead and spoil it, my favorite scene is the airport at the end, towards the end, um, whenever they're, they're about to leave the country, and Peter's talking to Jack one on one. He's like, "I'll always love. The, I love the smell of this place. I'll never forget it. It's kind of spicy." 
And then uh, he looks over at Francis. He goes, who's he talking to? And then they speculate for a second. Then Francis walks over. Jack goes to the phone. Or, or Francis walks over. Peter goes to the phone. And uh, they talk for a second. Then he's like, who's he talking to? And it's it's just this perfect encapsulation of how siblings have this way of like not talking to each other, even though they are connected to each other more so than anybody else on Earth. You know, like that's that is your person like those are your people you are of you are of the same bloodline and still somehow you find yourself not talking to them as much as you would some other people and like even though they are talking to each other when they step away they're still not going hey i'm gonna go call this person they're not being vulnerable with each other Mm. in this situation which i thought was like they speculate though and they know each other well enough to know who the other person's talking to Mm -hmm. without them saying who they're talking to and then to follow that scene with what is probably the most vulnerable coming together scene with uh, them all shaving in the bathroom or touching up there. And he pulls off the bandages and he delivers that line. I guess I've still got some healing to do. And then uh, Jack says, but you're getting there. And uh, bro, that part I melt. That's another one where I just like, I start crying. How does he do it, man? It's like the whole movie is just a hodgepodge of weird ass, funny stuff that's going on. And then when he wants to get serious and actually make you feel something, it's just like, bam, a brick wall out of nowhere. Um, Because, I mean, that's the scene I was thinking of, like the scene that popped into my mind. Um was like the funeral whenever they they were about to leave. But then they're like, Hey, you're invited for the funeral. They look at each other and they're like, Oh, instantly. They're they're like, yeah. yeah. All right. Let's go. No question about Um, it. It's, Oh, that seems so good. You know, like no one says anything. They're just walking through, you know, kind of like the ceremony. Then they get into the car. That is Um, my shot. Oh, the, Uh, them walking out of the hut in the white ceremonial uh, dress. And like them walking all the way through, and Jack like tosses the flowers, and I, I loved that is a that. shot, huh? That is one. Yep. Yeah, that is. A sh- I guess I, I picked it as my scene, just more for I don't know because I, I thought of it as a scene, but really it is pretty much just one shot. Well, I mean, like it does continue, you know, yeah. like the the funeral thereafter. Well, and that also like it's spliced with that flashback to Loftwolf Automotive. That was okay. In the first time I was watching. I didn't know that it was a flashback right away, and I thought that this might be like in the future after they've already gone through everything. And I'm like, mm-hmm. wait a minute, like what's going on? And then I like, I so I like, I don't know. It's so like first watch of a Wes Anderson movie is very interesting. I don't know, oh, like no, my mind goes everywhere, you know. And then I'm like, okay, okay, and I don't know I'm, I'm back in, back in. And it's always but, simpler than you think. Yeah, no, and that, that's what I'm I'm learning now is that like, um, and whenever you said that, like the line deliveries, how they're like, they just say things. This is how we say things. Can we agree with it? Do we agree with this? Are we moving mm-hmm. on? Like. It is just kind of like that, like kind of the whole movie. Um, and I thought whenever you first said it, I'm like, well, I don't know. That, that'd that be kind of weird. And like, I don't know if I would like that in a movie, you know, if everything's just kind of said like that. And I don't know, not with a whole lot of emotion or anything, but like it just, I don't know how to explain it, but it just, it just works for a movie like this. Like, a, I think the reason they work so well is because when you go into a serious movie, you're you expect it to be serious the whole time and you need it to be good and you need everything to make sense and you need all these things to happen and come together. But then with a movie like this, it's just like, we're just filming 
like some experiences and there's some funny moments there's some emotional this is just life being filmed like on i don't know yeah it's a little it's Um, well that's what's so fascinating too is that this one i would say more so than the previous we've talked about this like almost journalistic touch that he has where he feels distant from the story and he's just displaying what things are this is breaks that mold a little bit for me i think this one is more personal it feels story like this is him and like through jack i think it's like fully blatant he's like but the characters are all fictional and they're yeah. not made up. And then yeah. at the end, he he full, he makes that realization, ah, you know, it's, you know, like yeah. So like I think Jack is like kind of his West. Stand-in. Yeah, it's like it's like hey, I've made all of these movies and all of them are fate made up. You know, the Life Aquatic, we just you know very fantastical kind of movie going out finding a jaguar shark and all this stuff. But like the characters are all fictional. But all these things have come. They come from somewhere. They come from mm. experiences and everything and. Um, I don't know. I really, that might, I don't know. I was thinking about a line and that, that might just be my line. Is that like, well, the characters are all fit. And then, thanks. you know, like it was Jack's realization. Uh, the like, miles there, and he's yeah. like, you know what? You guys get me, you know, like I can't like when Adrian or I, I call him Adrian, Adrian Brody, but Peter, whenever he turns around and he goes, I like how mean you are. Mm. And it, it like, there's so much in this movie that hits me like a ton of bricks. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say, I don't know if this is my favorite so far. The life aquatic gives it a run for its money, but I do. Mm-hmm. I, I do ultimately think I come down higher on this movie than I do the life aquatic simply because it does feel much more personal and relatable to me. Um, there's, there's a deeper resonance that this has with me, but, uh, funny enough you know it's funny that francis is the oldest brother uh peter's the middle brother and jack's the little brother because the one i find myself relating to the most is actually peter the middle brother um and they all have these elements of relatability you know like uh the youngest brother's trying to be the peacekeeper and keep things in line like don't include me guys y'all need to stop if y'all don't stop i'm gonna fucking mace you let's stop this real quick Uh, yeah And then Francis and and Peter have this this thing in common that they don't talk to each other about, where they are both trying. Mm-hmm. They are both trying their best, and neither is is getting what they mean to say across or what they want to say across. And mm. uh, it's it just resonates really deeply with me. And ultimately, performance wise, I had to go with Adrian Brody. Um. He shows Peter. the most range, it seems, yeah, throughout the whole movie that he just Owen Wilson, like I I is crazy that like this is like an like I don't know, I don't see Owen Wilson like this. Um like I don't know, it, it like he does have funny moments, but like when he gets serious it was nice. But Adrian Brody like had the whole time even like because he had to always like with the glasses and like he because they hurt his head because there was prescription, and, like he he had them sitting up on his forehead like he was i don't know like there were so many things that were going like into his character and then Mm -hmm. just the actual performance that he had to put on top of it like just emotional part was was well and there's a point where he steps into the bathroom at the beginning towards like uh he separates themselves and i think he takes i can't remember if it's jack's short story the auto the left wolf automotive and he's just staring at it like crying yeah like that, like that moment was strong as fuck, man. Mm. And this one is 
potentially more so than either of the last two, the most rewarding on rewatch because there's so many allusions to things that you haven't seen yet. Like that scene where uh, he's like, you got it exactly right. The way that I flip out about the the briefcase and everything and I try to steal it and I, I go crazy. And they're like, he's like, the, the characters are all fictional. And then they show us what happened. Mm. Uh, that's that, that was yeah. all impeccable, you know, like uh, and it, mm. it only gets more rewarding the more you watch it. And uh, there's actually a I have this on Blu-ray, the uh, the Criterion Collection Blu-ray, which is mm-hmm. really cool with a bunch of extra special features and stuff. There's actually a short film that accompanies this movie. It's called uh, Part One of the Dark Yeah, I yes. heard about uh, this. Hotel okay. Chevalier. And uh, I watched it. I did. I got a chance to watch it before this. And it doesn't add a ton. Mm. Uh, it's not like, oh, now I get Jack as a character. No, I mean, like he's... He, he plays the same guy, but you get where his like sort of baggage is coming from, you know, because that's mm. kind of the theme in this movie, like literally represented literally. Oh, by yeah. baggage. Oh, I um, loved that. That oh, I loved it too. Dad's bags aren't going to make it, and then they all they have to let go of their baggage, let go of the past, and just commit to the future. Man, fantastic! That's what I was saying. Any shot that I was thinking of, that was my shot. You know, Mm -hmm. I guess like I might have had them flipped. The funeral should be my favorite shot, and then the that like them releasing their baggage should be kind of like my favorite scene. But I I kind of had them the other way, I guess, right now. Um, but, but that but, I love. I, I don't know. I love them actually just literally throwing their baggage away, right, like at the right. end, like. But the short film is uh, it connects to the end of this movie whenever they're taking you for, through what looks like the train car, but mm-hmm. is actually different locations represented by the mm-hmm. train car. Um, and Natalie Portman is just in it for like half thought, a second. Yeah, I'm like, um, that's got to be Natalie Portman, yeah. right? And I'm she like, I'm is, afraid. she's Jack's ex, the one who uh, says all of the like. Uh, she says, uh, "If if we fuck, I'm gonna feel like shit tomorrow." Uh, and he goes, "I don't care." You know, like that's a uh, that's what happens oh, in Hotel Chevalier. So okay. he's like, "I have the ending, but I don't know how it starts yet." You get to see how it starts. It's just him at a hotel. And then she calls him up and is like, I'm going to be there in 30 minutes. And he's like, okay. And he gets all ready. And they seem to have already been on the rocks. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she asks him, have you slept with anyone else? And he goes, no, like immediately. And he goes, have you slept with anyone else? And then there's like this. No. And he goes, that was a long pause. And (laughs) so like, uh, there's this, there's this funny dynamic where you get this idea that Jack's been in a, not a, an an unhealthy relationship, a relationship that wasn't good for him. And, uh, it's kind of displayed through that. And that's kind of the baggage he's carrying into this movie. I think it kind of contributes to why he's sort of a peacekeeping figure. He's like, let's, Let's just all get along, guys. Come on. Is this so hard? Uh, yeah. It's why he's self-isolating. It's why he, you know, goes after the uh, uh, sweet lime, as as she's referred to by Francis Rita, uh, more appropriately. What does he say? Like, I want that girl. I want that girl. Like, I don't know. You just see, like, you know, she comes in, hands him all, like, hands him whatever, walks out, and he just, I want that girl more than anything. I forgot, like, I don't know, whatever yeah. he said, but he was like, I just want that girl more than anything right now. And I, I like this it's such a crazy concept for a movie to have like these comedic aspects like it's like actually funny too like it's not just like some 
corny, cheesy jokes that they're thrown in there because they need it to be a comedy movie. It's like the comedy's only there to like pat like pass the story. I don't know. Like it's it's not the comedy's not the priority, you mm. know. Like it seems that the comedy is just an afterthought or like added in. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh and that's what makes it just so good is that this it feels just so candid almost you know this it's just like it's three brothers on a train and what the fuck are they they're just all gonna what were they up on what what were they drinking what was that like was that just i like that they all had their drug of choice um one of them had cough syrup one of them had an opiate of some sort and the other had a what was uh peter's like the eye drops that were like uh that he was just ingesting instead of dripping in his eyes there was i feel like francis he had, had painkillers that yeah. was a drop he's like oh you should only take one or two and then they just start like chugging it at the end I, yeah. or i don't know i guess because it's all a little different well then jason then, schwartzman's jack has like cough syrup sort of yeah equivalent. and um, then i felt like peter had like just gigantic ass pills but then that, i feel like that was like only for his like headaches or whatever yeah. but then he also had something else but i didn't know i don't know I what it was remember. but yeah they all had something that's for sure but um, that does connect to my favorite line of the movie where uh, they're sitting down after they got kicked off the train. Uh, Jack turns on Claire de Lune, this just devastating song. Dun, dun, dun. And Francis goes, let's get high. I, uh, oh, I've never been more summed up in a moment than turning on Claire de Lune and saying, let's get high. You know what I'm saying? Like uh, that's, that part speaks to my soul in a way that a lot of movies just don't, just don't. And, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I adored that moment, uh, because it's just, uh, well, it's just a devastating song. You know, it's, it's a beautiful, it's a hauntingly beautiful song that depending on the context of the scene it's in can be, it's always moving, but it's either, uh devastating or it's incredibly uplifting is that the and, i'm just trying to get the song in my head is that like the slow piano or the bum yes. bum bum is that like yeah, it's yeah, okay yeah. i think I know. it's also in everything everywhere all at once and it's okay, kind of yes. uh, yeah good good good, good. uh Dun dun, ah. yeah, it's 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 really strong dun 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 that shit goes man and uh but the the let's get high and then they all get they all get high and they they discuss for a moment and and this was the moment where I related to Francis more than I did anybody else in the movie because he's the older brother who's trying to fix things he's trying to make things right he doesn't want things to get estranged again he wants everything to be okay and he goes he's like let's agree we meet back here and meet back here in the spring when everything's better and that's when Peter goes we will not be coming back here that's just not going to happen, you know? And it's like, I, I just so hardcore related to Francis's attempt to make things better, to try to keep optimistic point of view mm-hmm. throughout all of this and being kind of incapable of doing so because there's a more realistic view of the way things are supposed to go from Peter and Jack. And was it during this moment as well that they did the like peacock ritual thing yeah. and they all did it wrong you know like they yeah. he's like i thought you guys said you read the instructions you know you're supposed to blah 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 blow it on it no it's like jack let his just blow in the wind and like he doesn't yeah. even know where his is now like, where did your guys's go 
like you're supposed <laughs> to bury it, right? So then that's what actually. Um, yeah, I got, they I do still, get I'm to still, do that eventually. Yeah, Francis buried it, but then Peter just kept. He's like, oh well, I he's like, oh, I did not get that. I did not get that. But but nice, like the the follow, you know, the follow up at the end. They all do it together, yeah, and like the little rock stand that they make, though, like <laughs> like Jack's just stacking up the rocks, and like it just keeps getting smaller. And I'm like, okay, they'll stop on like the third one. They just kept going. I don't know. It's like little oh, things like that. That's like I don't know. It's just it's not funny in the way that like dumb and dumber is funny. no no you know like i'm not like i don't know it's not at all like that but it's just like just the situation that they're in is just funny innately and then also just having these actors like act out i don't know it's just it's so much fun to watch and every movie so far that we've done for wes anderson i've been like okay i'm definitely going to rewatch this movie at some point that's without a doubt I, like there's no way i just watch this movie one time and i'm done and it's only gotten increasingly more like that as I've gone on. Like this, I want to watch this more than The Life Aquatic again. Yeah. Not because maybe I don't see it as like that much better than a movie, but I think this rewatch this. would be so much more rewarding. There's a rewarding movie. rewatch, man. Like I, I've watched this movie three times now, uh, mm. twice in the last two days. Um, because like that's how easy of a watch it is, too. It, can't speak highly enough of an hour and a half runtime either if you can do oh. this in an hour and a half runtime you're oh. fucking talented and yeah. uh the way like this movie ends and i'm like already you know but like we we did everything the story needs to do there is nothing that i'm like ah you know what i could have used a little bit more from there i could have used a little bit more no Th like yeah that's at the end insane at the end because this is, you know, my first watch. And at the end, I, I, I was taken by surprise that it was the end. Be, not just because of, like, the story being fulfilled. I was just like, whoa. I'm like, we're already there. there. Like, I'm like, holy fuck. Like, I started the movie, I think, at, like, 1 in the morning or, like, one thirty, And I'm like, I'm like, I really hope I stay awake, like, this whole time. That I give it my full attention. And that, like, I, mm. I don't start drifting. I was, like, in. I'm like, yeah. I, I did not start to drift off whatsoever. I was like more awake because of this movie, you know? And yeah. at the end I'm like, Oh my, no, like, I'm like, wait, like I, I kind of don't want it to end, but like, it was very satisfying in how it ended though. Um, mm. So I don't want to make it seem that like I, I hated the ending or like that. It took me off guard. It was just mainly like, Oh wow, that was very fast. And like, but also incredibly satisfying. Like you did everything you needed to do in that right. time. Um, I guess I just expected to, to go back to, um, to see the mom at some, I don't know. I just, I kind of, what was, I, I don't know her character name. Um, Patricia, I yeah, think. Patricia. I don't know. I just, I, I kind of, I guess expected to, to go back and just, I don't know, like them to, I, I don't know. That, that was the only thing I was expecting to, to happen again. But then by the end, I'm like, oh no, this is, this is better. Like, I like how it went now. And like, I, I appreciate this. Just well, it adds – it's another thing that adds to their sense of cl of closure, you know, the, this idea that this is something we need to put behind us. The idea that uh, – because I think that what they did with their mom, Angelica Houston, once again, fucking fantastic, um, and her showing up and being like, yo, I told y'all this probably wasn't going to work, and then they confront her. You know, they're like, this is the deal. I want to tell you about my son. Uh, what son? The son I'm going to have in a month. Shouldn't you be with her? Shouldn't you have been at dad's funeral? You know, like that's a, uh, yeah. and 
I, I didn't go. Why? Yeah. Didn't want to. You know, like, uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like uh, it, cause there's this, like, there's this thing that Patricia has realized about life and about the world that these three need to, you know, and it's not that it's necessarily, um, that she's good and that she's right in what she did. It's that you need to stop doing things because you feel like you have to. Mm. Do yeah. things because you want to do them. Don't do things because you owe it to other people. Don't do things because you feel some sort of obligation. Do what it is that you feel you are supposed to be doing. And if you are doing that, that's all you need. You know, and she's like, that's what I'm doing. That's why I'm here. That's why I can't go back with you. Peter realizes that's what he he's supposed to be raising his child. And he sort of realizes that as the the movie goes on, he realizes he can't leave his wife or and leave the kid or whatever. And mm -hmm. I, and Peter seems to be the central figure simply because that's kind of, that's kind of the most important journey in my mind, as far as any one of them singularly. Um, yeah, no, I, Peter just, I feel he's the most normal. Right. Out of all of them, you know? So I guess like it's the easiest to kind of, I'm not, and I'm not trying to say that Jack and uh, Francis are weird or anything like that, but it's just like Francis, Francis has his, yeah, he has his very, very particular yeah. of of how he does things. Um, Give me both and, your passports. I'm going to take your passports, okay? Like, I mean, I, I definitely was. I struggled with this a lot in my uh, earlier life. Like, I was a control freak. I needed everything down to the minute. I, I probably like would have done this thing. Like, I don't know, similar things to him. And I've learned. I've drawn. I, I'm not going to say I'm perfect at it now, but it was nice. I don't know to just kind of see it in a movie and like have it be like, hey, don't do. You know, like at this is not. I don't know. Like, Letting go, man. Yeah, and that's that's um, what Patricia tries to tell them. Let go of what you feel like you have to do. Like Francis, his strict adherence to doing things by the minute, on the time, on the dot, let go of that. Jack, he would not be going to Italy. You know, like like that's that's what he lets go of. He lets go of the idea that he has to go back and see, like, because that's what he was always trying to escape to, you know, like he was like, I need to go to Italy. That's what I need to do. Uh, so I'm going to leave early. I've got this plane ticket. I'm going to dip. And there comes a point when he realizes that's what he feels like he has to do. It's not what he wants to do. And he lets go. Of, he lets go of that. And like, that's mm. so, uh, like the fact that the first two movies we've watched have been centrally about a father and son or a father and his relationship to his kids mm. to kind semi flip that on its head, but maintain that that is the central point of the movie and that these kids are dealing with the passing of their father. You never see the father whatsoever, but, but like the presence in this film is his razor, his luggage, his um, sunglasses or his glasses, um, every little thing that pops up. Uh, you know, like I don't know. They they when I were watching the movie, I'm like, guys, I'm like, all this luggage can't be this important. 
you know, I'm like, oh my God. And I'm like, this is so annoying to carry all this around. And then I realize like midway through and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, it's a fucking metaphor. And I'm like, how did I not see it? You know, it's right. literal baggage. They're literally lugging all They're of They're literally their holding like, on to something they shouldn't and, be holding on to. And when I made that realization, I'm like, oh, okay. I am, I need to just, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm thinking of the wrong things when I'm watching these movies. I'm thinking of, I don't know, like, uh, I guess I'm not sure. I, 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 I'm understanding Wes more and more mm. as I go, and his movies are getting easier and easier to watch as I go. But I'm not going to lie. They still kind of throw me for a loop every now and then, and yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily know where he's going. Well, because they are supposed to make you think a little bit, but that's, that's the, the fourth wall-breaking contrivance of these films, is that, like, mm. he's forcing you to think and come to the conclusion that it's simpler than you are thinking it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, it, it's, it's bare bones. He is telling the story he is wanting to tell. You just have to see it, you know? And, uh, one of the things that I loved about this movie and what it says about fathers and their relationships to their kids is we at no point get any idea what kind of dude their father was. Yeah. We don't know that he was a good father. We don't know that he was a bad father. We don't know that he was he wasn't around a lot. We don't know that he was there all the time. Not we don't know that he was really super supportive he of his died kids either. Like he, we know he died, but I was like, got hit by a taxi apparently. Like that was I. I think was that said like just much later on, or was it said? Yeah, that was early? said in the automotive scene. Yeah, when they were at so when they were trying to get know. his car. Like, and that's like the seem... most. That's the most we learn about his da their dad in that scene. Yeah, is uh, the whole time I was thinking like, was he caught up in some bad business? Was like, was there something bigger that happened like with his death and they don't want to talk about? You know, like it, it, they're making it kind of seem that it's you know obviously it's traumatic and they don't want to talk about it, but they were kind of omitting some details on you know, and I'm like, oh, I don't like, and then whenever they're like, yeah, he just got hit by a taxi, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, so mm -hmm. well, it's it's literally just that simple. Yeah. Um, but the whole time I'm, I was kind of like, maybe there's something more going on with this father. Well, there is something know. darkly comic about the idea of him getting hit by a taxi because he didn't have a car to drive in, which was left at that shop for a month, which is why they were so obsessed with getting the car, because they're like... If he had this car, he'd be fucking alive. He wouldn't have been walking on the goddamn street and got hit by a taxi. I, um, uh, I didn't. I didn't put that together till just now. third watch. That yeah, was okay. that was a new thought on my third watch. There's also something I noticed for the first time that was like the most the most we learn about their dad. I think, um, and it's when it's during that scene whenever Jack finds his book. And he goes, mm -hmm. I guess he didn't get a chance to read it in time. And he opens it for the first time. The envelope had never been opened. And the dedication is for JLW, the abbreviations we'd been seeing all over the lug luggage. So it's like, oh, man, like that, that, that one was like the most like, OK, maybe he wasn't exactly supportive mm -hmm. all the time, which lends itself to an, another level of just like how kids love their fathers and look up to their fathers in a way kind of regardless of how good they are to them until they make their peace with the idea that maybe they weren't worth that, you know, maybe they weren't worth that feeling I had. And, uh, mm. to, for them to make that realization and to drop the baggage, 
it's one of yeah. the most fulfilling moments in any of these movies so far, you know? Um, I mean, it was int- like for Francis to have all of his, you know, very control freak and by the minute have everything printed out. Yeah, then you get to see where he gets it from. It's not from his dad, you know, it's from his mom where he gets that from. I mean, you, it, you get there and she's, do you all, is this all okay with you? I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll make you breakfast. I'll mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. And then we'll do this. Okay. Everyone agree. Yes, yes, yes. Good. And then, I don't know. So it was like, it was nice to know that like he got that from her and not from, and then, you know, like we just, that moment was in the movie itself. Mm. Um, and then Peter was kind of the fa- the papa's boy. <laughs> You know, he's the one who ends up with all of his stuff. He takes it. He wears, he wears the glasses. He's cutting his face with his razor. Like that's. Mm. And then I think that gives us, given those two pieces of information, gives us the best insight into Jack because you know what Francis says to Jack at the beginning of the movie, when they are deciding on beds, he's like, you go sleep in the extension. You're kind of the lone wolf anyway. You know, like uh, he he's always been isolating and he's gotten to a point where he self isolates because it's that situation where, you know, you start you say no to invites so often that you stop being invited. But it's Mm -hmm. the it's the inverse where, you know, he's (laughs) he was he wasn't always invited. So he stopped inviting himself sort of thing. He he isolated himself after being isolated by everyone else. Oh, man. Yeah, poor Jack. I don't know. And just all of his little writing, every time he'd read, like, oh, there's a new little addition on my story. You want to read it? And it's like, love it. This is really great. Yeah, I love how this is blah, 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 and how I did that. And, and like, every everything that they all realize, everything that they come back, you know, like, you have Francis ripping up his, you know, itinerary and, you know, failing to do Trying so because it's laminated which is hilarious you know like yeah another hilarious. funny little thing yeah um but like all the letting go of the bag like everything like every i don't know for every character you have that moment for all of them you know and it just it feels so good like it's three i don't know i it's three brothers on a train going through a journey and and like it doesn't really the movie doesn't really switch until that kid dies in the river you know in that river mm-hmm. accident or the little god stream. and that's one that just and it again like peter is the one who needs to save his kid the most just i know they all need to save their kid but mentally if there is a person there who needs to know he can take care of a child yeah. the most it's yep. peter and I think there's something to the, to the idea that he also immediately went for the one that was the most difficult to save, you know, mm-hmm. like he found himself to be the, like, not mm-hmm. just that he might've found himself to be the most capable, but that he's the one who's willing to leap to action that way. Like he is the one who's willing to save the one who's stuck and trying, trying their hardest. Uh, but whenever he comes out of that river and there's like that silence and the, the heart thumping, boom, 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 boom 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 and jack's like he's covered in blood like what a fucking turn man yeah like and then he's like he's he's dead i didn't save mine there's there's always that fucking traumatic event in these wes anderson movies where somebody fucking dies or is about to die or is close to dying and it's it's hard to watch and uh whenever they walk back to the village man and uh i don't know if you recognize that actor 
as well. He was in Slumdog Millionaire mm-hmm. as uh, the yeah. absolute piece of shit. The uh, yeah, glad to, you know this is better, better of a role. Oh, here. a lot better. But goddamn, when they are at that funeral and uh, the guy like faints and he like falls under the water for a second, that's another one where I'm just like, oh, like I I, I exhale and tears start flowing and. The way Peter immediately, again, like, that's what's so cool about Peter is the way he's always, like, the first one to, like, spring to action. Mm. I think whenever the kids, like, tip over, he's the one who yells, go! You know, like, they, Mm -hmm. they're all on the same page, though, you know, like, and that's something that I loved about these three is no matter how difficult things got, and they were on different pages at times, whenever it was important, they were of one mind. You know, they, they knew exactly what they needed to do. Um, I really like whenever they were in the village afterwards, they gave the kids back and then that like kind of other guy was like, Hey, all right, come here. Let's get you changed. Let's get you cleaned up, whatever. And then you have like Peter sitting like in front of like a baby carriage and then eventually is holding the baby and like feeling like, you know, the little feet, little fingers. And he's like, Oh, okay. You know, like, so they... You know, Francis got them all in here to go on a spiritual, you know, a spiritual journey. But really, it's just so that they can go get their mom back. Right. But really, I think it was also they wanted to have like a spiritual journey because they needed to reconnect and everything. Mm. But the way that well, they had and it all. Once you learn who their mother is, it makes sense why Francis would be so obsessed so with trying to go that, on yeah. a spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, it is OK. That That makes even it's not just to hide the fact that they're going to see their mother is that their mother herself went on her own yeah um okay wow definitely um but then the actual spiritual journey that they go on is one through trauma you know a a very traumatic experience one that was unplanned but brought them so much closer together you know through this experience and it's not what they wanted you know obviously no they're not going to plan a trip and be like, well, let's hope that two out of three kids live and one of them dies and we have to take him back to a village and we, we go stronger yeah, no. because of that. Like, obviously, This was not. not on the itinerary. Yeah, um, but it was, it was definitely the the thing they kind of needed, I guess. You know, a, a moment like this um, to happen. Um, well, I think it's important for all of them to realize something about themselves to an extent. You know, like uh, there's there's an obvious drawn connection given the the smash cut to the flashback when they're on their way to their father's funeral. This is the first funeral they're going to since their father's funeral, you know, Mm -hmm. and to be watching and witnessing a father mourn the loss of their son, you know, like that, that adds a whole other layer to it where they're thinking about how they lost their father and how they, they mourned their dad Mm -hmm. versus this father who's mourning their son. And I think it kind of gives them an opportunity to evaluate uh, and project their father onto this guy and think about if this would have been the same, you know, you know, like, uh, is this how our father would have reacted to this information, like reacted to this sort of thing? I think it kind of helps them move on a little bit in that sense as well. Mm. But, uh, you know, all, all the stuff they go through here, it's just, it's, it's so well done. And, uh, more animals. We get a tiger. Uh, tiger. You know, a yes. snake. Um, I'm glad that they didn't kill the snake. Yeah. You know, and it was, it came back around. At the then end. that it's was like, uh, the guy who kept the snake was the same guy who played Vikram in Life Aquatic. Um, another little Wait, actor what? connection. Yeah. 
That's sick. I mean, is he the boyfriend of the girl? Like, of yes, I gotta uh, think so. Yeah. Oh, that's just yeah. I, I'm pretty sure. Um, Aluwalia. Yeah, I love the animal connection. Just in every movie, there's just there ha- there's some animal connection in there somewhere. Wes just has to to put it in there. But uh, that's like because it's they're on the train. I'm trying to think of. I felt like they got on like a different train. Af- was it after the funeral? Was that to go back to? I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm still trying to. I guess process this whole movie. But uh, after the because I'm trying to think of the switch up like. The movie was just fun, and we were getting there and setting up just like you're getting you introduced and used to all the characters, and then the dramatic yeah, you know, drama happens, fight. and then boom. You know, they get into that fight where uh, Peter throws the belt in Francis's face, and another wonderful acting choice by Peter, where later on in the movie uh, he says, like, I'm sorry, man, I didn't mean to hit you in the face. If you rewatch that, there's a there's an expression on his face where... He didn't. He did not mean to do that. Uh, and maybe he did, but he immediately regretted it. And it's mm-hmm. a it's an incredible choice by Adrian Brody in like a second, like a millisecond of facial acting, where like he was like resolve, and then it like softened a little bit, and then Francis like charges at him, screaming. They have to fight. He maces him. He runs up to the fucking door and smashes the glass and stuff. Uh, yeah, I was trying and, to spread the love for performance, but I don't think anyone gets it other than Ad- like Adrian Brody just kind of yeah. popped off this movie. Yeah, compared to everyone else, like they did, everyone else did great, but he just he really had to show a lot of range, and most of the emotional moments were through him. It's outstanding how this project and Wes Anderson movies at large have kind of shifted my view of actors, certain actors. You know, Owen Wilson. I look at him a whole new way watching oh, yeah. Wes Anderson movies. Bill Murray, big time, one that I look at a different way after Wes Anderson movies. Just um, for the cameo, just because, you know, like, let's just get Bill Murray in here. Or, like, I, I, I didn't get, I don't know, if I missed something with him. I don't um, think you did. I think they really want you, uh, that was one that I think they do want you to kind of parse. Like, oh, through. I know Bill Murray's in a lot of your movies, and I know, you know like, is that real, like, is it, like, like a meta thing or is it just kind of like an in movie sort of thing? Like maybe think that There's this is the father thing. or like, yeah, I think he, rem- it, at the very least reminds Adrian Brody, Peter of his dad. Um, because at the very beginning, he's the one who he run. He's the one who runs past him, hops on the train mm-hmm. and then like kind of looks back at him and they like focus on that for a second, you know, mm-hmm. like they, they yeah. key in on that detail and uh hmm. i got i got to think that there's there's something there you know uh but there's not enough to go like oh i could go all the way into this no he misses the train and then we see him on a train later or a, they go through a lot of different things was he not yeah. in the short before no Bill he Murray? was not in the short um oh. he was not in the short he's just uh just kind of there um but like that's the thing is that i also don't know that he's on a train there's a possibility that that guy's not real. You know, that he is a manifestation of Adrian Brody's imagination. And But that's the thing. The movie kicks off with him racing through the streets. Wait a in a taxi. Trying to get, get to his train. 
I don't know, man. Maybe oh, there's okay. That's right. In a, that's right. In a t- okay. Because had the bag like looked very, you know, had the same ba- kind of bags, you know, yeah. that he was carrying, like luggage. No, um, I think I think there might be something uh, there because uh, there's there's a lot of things here. Uh, through that last little sequence, the the places we see everybody, you know, uh, when we see Natalie Portman, that's actually the hotel room in Hotel Chevalier. It's okay. just framed like it's on the train. When we see mm-hmm. uh, Brandon, he's actually in a plane because you see like the little, the mm-hmm. little door next to him and the buttons above him and stuff. So like they're not actually on a train. The train's more like a, just a, a mechanism through which they decided to show these different aspects of life. And I do think there's an important detail that Bill Murray is the last one we see before they show us that tiger who famously mauled people to death. Um, so I think there's there's something to the idea that maybe Bill Murray could be the representation of their father. Um, yeah, because why choose Bill Murray? You know, like it's right. This is like that's not a throwaway decision unless it is something, literally just something like, Wes Anderson. It like wants you to notice. You know, he has Bill yeah. Murray in a lot of his movies. Why? Like that's it's gonna mm-hmm. he's gonna be there. Um, oh, I like that in a taxi on the way. To the train. I like. I don't know the idea that like he misses the train. Yeah. That and like, and like there's the, you know that's where his kids all are, and he's trying. Wow. He, he might be trying to get there, but he can't. And it's like uh, maybe that goes back to his lack of support for them and not being able to be there, even though he might have wanted to be. Um, hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. Because I, I thought I missed something. something. Yeah, I'm like, man, I really, I re-. maybe that was the other thing I thought that they would go back on. Like at, when the movie ended, I'm like, wait, yeah, Bill, like, or where was Bill Murray? You know, like where, where, where he didn't like come back. I know, I, I guess I, I didn't know what I wanted him to do in the movie necessarily, you know, but I thought it would be something just because it's Bill Murray. You know, I thought, I don't know, there'd be some lines or some, some character interaction. I don't know, like some bigger thing. But, well, uh, I do think it's important that Peter is the only one who sees him, and he's the, the one who is the most the medicine that most he's taking affected by mm. him. So I'm, I'm more, I'm I like definitely the on that train that he is their father um, on the train. No, I, I do, I do like that, and may, like, I wonder because he has the glasses on, and I wonder if he takes him off when he takes them off and he looks back, if it never shows Bill Murray again after that point, you know, like if he, cause like he gets onto the train and he looks back and he has his glasses on, but then he kind of, you know, he does the little raises them up and puts them in his forehead position. Mm. And I wonder if like, if they never show him again or anything like, I don't know. Cause I'd say that probably fucks with your head. You know, that's not just headaches, you know, that the, having the wrong, prescription on right in front of your face the whole time that's i i didn't now i'm going even deeper into that last little train sequence because it shows rita who jack hooked up with immediately Mm -hmm. followed by natalie portman his ex-girlfriend showing what he is pre he is most concerned with within his mind it next goes to peter's pregnant wife who he is the most concerned with at the time. And, uh, and, uh, or in between them, I think was 
Brandon, who Francis is concerned with. I need to get Peter back or else I'm just kind of, or I need to get Brandon back or else I'm kind of a dick. Um, and then it shows the pregnant wife and Bill Murray, which would be who Peter is the most concerned with his father and his coming fatherhood. I think that's, mm. I think that's something there. I think okay. there's a man. Yeah. This, I, that's the thing that I can't like, there's so many things that I just, I know that I've missed that I can't wait to go back and watch again. Like, I don't like, I can't, not even just to pick up on little details. I just want to watch the movie again just to watch it again. Like, I, it's just that good of, like, I just enjoyed it that much. Um, but, man, I don't know. There there kind of is an as, like, aspect to his movies that they are very simple and that there isn't a lot more complex going on usually and that he is just telling the story. But then... I, this one is the very, most cerebral yet. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Some very deep stuff. Um, that could... It literally could just be... I like Bill Murray. I want him in on this movie. We're going to India to make a trip and he can go to India with me. So it's an excuse to have Bill Murray to go. On. Right. You know, it literally could be that, or it could be, no, like it's important. A little something. You know, there's it's these important. details don't feel like they're throwaway details. No, you know? uh, no, I'm with you 100%. I think that I do think that is 100% the case. I think he was their father. It would also make the pairing once again, Bill Murray and Angelica Houston, which would be the meta, um, kind of paralleling of the life aquatic in this, you know, like uh, kind of going. They've played husband and wife before. You could like conceivably make that leap. So, mm-hmm. like, uh, I do think I I'm 100 percent on board with the idea that he's not a he's not alive. Uh, it's there. That's a an imaginary figure in Peter's mind. The mother also plays the same role in, like, in the Royal Tenenbaums in here. Mm-hmm. A mother that, like, made sure that they were all smart and, like, made, you know, like, I got the itinerary, the minute-by-minute minute thing kind of leads to that. And then the Royal Tenenbaums, you have the mom that had their, you know, language lessons. And then you have, like, the father, I guess the father, well, not really Royal Tenenbaums. I don't know, but, like, it's very... Uh, maybe it's literally just Wes's story coming through in different, you know, different parts of the world. Like we get an aquatic movie, we get a right, you know, regular in a house, and then we get this one in India. No, you know, and that's it's just, what's it's so like life. the variety we've gotten, dude. Like this is so satisfying to to have these stories that end up coming back to similar themes of love and family and acceptance of each other and moving on and etc. You know but to be like in the city with nothing in one apartment building with your family, uh, out on a boat in the ocean, going on an adventure and then going on a cross country trip in India on a train. Like Mm -hmm. what an insanely creative mind that this, that this man has and his co his co-creators do like, this Mm. is one, one thing I really liked seeing the real like world interview with Wes talking about this movie. It was like a, I forgot who the news anchor guy was. I don't know. So he was just on a show where it was like the movie's about to come out. It isn't out yet, but he's just doing marketing for it and stuff. Uh, but he was talking about the inspirations of the movie. And he said, I really just wanted to make a movie in India. I really love India just as a place. 
Um, and he says, if you've never been there, you either love it or you hate it. You either step foot in India and you never want to come back because it's such a crazy culture shock, or you really like find this weird sense of just love for a, yeah, this, this place that you had no idea existed. And it is kind of crazy to think that like, I walk outside my front door and you know, I, I, it's just, that's what I see as like America or like where I live. I go to the store. That's what I see. But like, if you get off an airport in India, the world, like it is so different. Like, I mean, it it's so like unimaginably different. And I think maybe that's like why he wanted to just go to India to give people the idea that like, your world isn't everything, you know? Like, there is so much more going on. Like, so much else going on everywhere. Um, and I, like, I think that's the the location here. It just is perfect. It, it's it's foreign. You know, it's not normal to them. They're all, they're all out of their comfort zone. They're on a train. They're traveling, you know? It's like, it just, it, it's perfect for the story. Perfect for this movie. Um... And I know the train was called the Darley, like the train company, right? Was called the Darlieing Limited, but is the there Darjeeling like, Limited? Yeah, is there? Is that just made up, or is there like some? I, I've never heard Darjeeling. Um, I didn't know if there was like some meaning behind that. Um, I do not know. I I listened to some of the commentary on uh, the Blu-ray, and it was cool because there is a train. They said that this was an actual train. They filmed on a train. It wasn't a oh. It wasn't like a set that they made look like a train. They filmed okay. on a train. It makes uh, a lot of sense now because it looked pretty real. Like, I'm like, I don't know how they do this on a set. Sometimes I'm like, man, this is um, – okay, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah so yeah. It is, it's actually called the Darjeeling Himalayan Railway. Um, that is that is the actual name of the, uh, of the train. And uh, so not the Darjeeling Limited, but the Darjeeling Himalayan Railway railway is the real train that goes across india um and yeah i just i i don't know man i i've been falling in love with this guy's movies and this one particularly every time i watch it gets better um this one after talking about it it's it's my favorite there's no like i I don't like i love life aquatic it's close it's definitely better than the royal tenenbaums but this, this is, it's on its own tier now. Yeah, like, uh, for, like uh, for me. we were talking, I, I always talk about the top 100 and how the stuff kind of moves in and out. Uh, upon the rewatch here, this advanced to top 15 all time favorites. Um, and it, I only have two other Wes Anderson movies, top 15. Um, we haven't gotten to them yet. Um, but I'll yeah. be interested to see if they stand, they still stand above it because I have two more that are above the Darjeeling limited. Uh, I'm ready. Like I'm, I already said that I was ready two movies in. This is the third one. And I'm like, I'm so like, at first I'm like, okay, maybe we're doing a little too much Wes Anderson. You know, like I love his movies, but like maybe we should give the spotlight to someone else a little bit. But now I'm like fully and I'm like, nah, I, nah, I need that's the point uh, of this, man. It's to, it's yeah, no, to relish it's in new, these creatives yes. styles oh. and their movies, the things they wanted to create. And uh, that's, what's so awesome too, is that like, you know, I would argue that you get more of that Wes Anderson 
idyllic flair for what the imagery is in the life aquatic than you do this. You know what I'm saying? And this is three years later. There's a, it, it's not a devolution in style because he still maintains that mm-hmm. Wes Anderson feel, you know, like there still is that element mm-hmm. to it. But there's no shot in this movie that I would directly equate to the whole, like, let me show you my ship. And he, like, he's, he's holding yeah, the ship. True. It's like the pastel colors and he takes you through one by one. Like, there's nothing quite like that in this movie. And uh, it is it is more similar in visual language to the Royal Tenenbaums than it is the Life Aquatic. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to see him be willing to adjust that style to make the movie work better. Because one of the things that made this movie work so well is because it wasn't so set camera. It was, it felt handheld, you know, when they're walking down that Mm. narrow aisle at the beginning of the movie and Owen Wilson's walking backwards and there's like this kind of shaky Mm. cam going on and it flips back to Jack and Jack and Peter. Like that's, that's something that makes the movie feel intimate and small and kind of Mm -hmm. like we are in a close quarter because they literally were, they had no other option. Uh, Mm. Like that's a, I adore it, man. I think this movie is, not only the best so far, but my favorite as well. And uh, I'm, I'm I'm fairly confident in saying that. Um, uh oh, Mike Mike <laughs> just took a dive. The oh no, the I don't know the stand it was on just came off the table. Anyways, um, I don't know. Um, but what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, I was gonna. I think I found my line though. As I I was going through the, it was the only thing I wasn't kind of yeah I was going on. I'm between two. And there's one, it's Jack. I, lo- I don't know why. Jack just has some, some lines here for me. But he's, I wonder if the three of us would have been friends in real life. Not as brothers, but as people. Well, and that's, uh, that's a fantastic choice. But that's not just funny. That's like a, that's mean. a hard-hitting line. Because at the end. if you have siblings. Yes. Like, it, um, it makes so much, it, it, it shouldn't make sense at all. Like, you shouldn't have to even say that, you know? Like, it should be obvious. Like, oh, you're, you're siblings. You, you Obviously, we'd be friends in another life. But, like, it's... It's, it's something worth you, questioning, you know? You like, uh, especially if that. you are yeah. in a state that is strained and strenuous. Like, would we be friends if we weren't forced to be friends, essentially? You know, like, would we be friends if we didn't grow up in the same household and you were across the hall all the time. Would we still be friends that way? And I liked Peter's perspective of it when he responds and he goes, we probably would have had a better chance. You know, like he's saying like, there's, we're not friends because we're brothers. Whereas typically people view it as we are friends because we're siblings, you know, like, uh, and he's like, we like each other less because we know each other that well. Yeah. Uh, And then I know it kind of comes around at the end, like, because he's always the one that's, you know, writing his stories and mm. saying that it's not his real life, you know, it's characters, you know, and then he's the one to actually ask, like, huh, I wonder if we would be, you know, he, it, it makes sense coming from him the most out of anyone, you know, and it's, it is the, the isolationist, funny. you know, yeah. the one who has always been alone, like, uh, it makes sense for him to question that because I think there's part of him that wants to ask, would you guys still be friends with me? Not would we all be friends? You know, um, oh, Jack, that's and that's part of why Jack's my favorite character. I, I went with Jason Schwartzman as Jack mm-hmm. as my favorite character okay. of the movie. Um, and uh, I th- I it, it, it was kind of a no brainer, you know, like uh, 
for me on a personal note, as far as the character who I loved seeing on screen, he was the funniest, but I think that was just a product of the lines he was provided in the script. Like he was, he yeah. was funny. Like that part where he's like, uh, you want to come smoke a cigarette with me in the bathroom? And then they like ha- smash cut to them just fucking like, that's uh incredible, yeah. incredible. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I loved me some Jack. He was the most, uh, he felt the most vulnerable with them, you know, like he, he didn't, uh, he didn't play it like he was the most vulnerable, but he, he certainly was, you know, like he, oh, yeah. he's still the little brother, you know? And I think that's, uh, mm. he plays it up like he's hard and steeled up. Like he's like, you can't penetrate this facade I have going on, but no, like that question exactly is what kind of defines him as a character is that he doesn't know if people would love him unless they were forced to love him. It's his contemplation with Natalie Portman his contemplation with rita are we only together because we're on the same train here Mm -hmm. thanks for using me and he means it but thank you for using me and uh and she's like you're welcome you know like uh of course um i didn't even mean to do it but uh i get i have all the three brothers in my performance character in line uh, so do i um, which which i didn't mean to but i i do like that like i i i think adrian brody it's, it's kind of just undeniable for performance um but then character i i did i i will go with owen wilson as francis for me uh i, I think it I was easier to just... have the same yeah. scene and shot flipped we have the same yep. performance and then our character in line are switched like that's yep. uh and because i guess I didn't even think of the funeral as a shot. Like whenever, mm-hmm. like whenever, whenever we said that, and I'm like, yeah, the shot. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That really is like, really like from the tent oh, all shot. the way to the car is a single shot. And yeah, like, and it's wow, fucking gorgeous, man. That is great. And uh, I, I, I chose, like, I chose it for the scene because I was thinking of like the, the beauty of, you know, like what it meant for them, what, like the journey they were going through. Like it was, it was really the, the, the moment that they actually went on their spiritual journey. And then my shot where I'm like, yeah, letting go of all their baggage and getting on the train is probably really the scene, really, because like that, I don't know, but I'll keep it. I'll keep it the way I first first had it down. Furthermore, about that funeral, um, one of the things that makes that moment so fucking special is because there's a contemplation of whether or not they deserve like all of them. I know I said it specifically for Jack. He's like, would you all still be friends with me if we weren't brothers. All of them are questioning whether or not they're deserving of love. Mm. You know, like if they deserve appreciation and acceptance, am I doomed because I'm some sort of terrible person? And for when they're saying goodbye for everyone in the village to come say goodbye to them and give them that bow, it gives them this sense of like, you know what? Maybe we aren't as terrible as we think. These people Mm. had more reason than anybody to not like us. You know, we returned to their doorstep with one of their children dead, you know, like Mm. they'd never met us. And we greeted them with one of their children having died. And still there was an appreciation for them that they haven't felt anywhere else, you know, and that's like a, I, and I fucking love this movie and there's just a, there's so much to enjoy about it. I, I really do love the, uh, all there's so many great lines so many great little little moments you know uh what did he say he said the train is lost how can a train be lost it's on rails that that was yeah Yeah, like what Ah, and then like less funny but like still meaningful like rita 
what's wrong with you? And being like, I'll think about that. And I'll let you know next time I see you. You know? Uh, like, Jack's just got the fucking bars in this one, man. He's uh, he's fucking... He's the writer, you know. He's he's writing out here. He's got the he's got the shit to say. It's uh, man, yeah, I, I love me some Jack. Ones. I felt like the ones I remembered were, you know, would we be brought? You know, would we still be friends? Or the one at the very end when he was like, you know, the characters were all made up, but thanks, you know, he finally is 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 okay with that. Um, but no, like, I don't know. I, I underappreciated Jack. I think. Um, and I don't, I didn't appreciate him until now. Like, I really, I don't know, like, it was pretty easy to appreciate Francis and, and, um, oh my god, how? Peter? I, Adrian Brody is the only thing that pops up in my head. Yeah, Peter right. is not, not sticking quite yet. But, uh, Peter, um, I feel like there's just so much to their story and they're just a lot, they're not as goofy, you know? Like, right. like, Jack is, like, kind of goofy and a little strange, like, the whole time and a little, I don't know, but... But man, it's every every brother just has their own little thing and they all have their own And they all have their own little relationships, you know? Like I love that whenever Francis gets up and walks away to go talk to Brandon at the beginning, uh Peter turns to Jack and goes, uh she's pregnant. I'm going to have a kid in 6 weeks. Don't tell Francis. You know, like that's just like Yeah. Why the fuck? Why not tell Francis? He's like, you can't know, just not yet, you know? And then he tells him anyway, and he's like, you told him? And he's like, yeah, of course I told him. And he's like, okay, fine, not that big a deal, but, you know, like, all these little things. That I have his passport or whatever. But then, like, the passports, again, the importance of the little trinkets and the little baubles and the little things. Whenever at another little thing that just gets me, man, is when Owen Wilson tries to hand them back their passports and Peter goes, why don't you hold on to that for me, man? You know, like he's then, willing to, ex- yeah, again, says, you comes back to, to that it. acceptance. Yeah, it's not then, just that, like, it's accepting uh, Francis for the way he is. He's like, mm-hmm. you know what? That's just who you are. And I love you for that, man. How about you hold on to mine? Because I'm down to ride with you now, man. And I'm sorry that I wasn't before. And there's just, there's so much loaded into mm-hmm. these tiny gestures. There's something about the character building that Wes Anderson is capable of that I can't fully comprehend. I think that's what it boils down to is that we are just sitting with him through these casual, funny, and random scenarios that we we do just understand their personalities better. That it's not like a, a scene written to show you exactly why Francis is nitpicky and a and a control freak. It just shows you naturally through what they would normally do throughout I don't, I don't know the day to day. Because you oh. play with fire. Man, the soundtrack to this movie This though, one goes nuts. Yeah. Like just it a lot of just known the, songs. The that, little you know, like uh the Darjeeling theme is what I would define it as, the one mm-hmm. that kind of played throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh incredible the credit song the french credit song is so fucking good uh every movie that he has made i stick around for the like i i'm just sitting there and i'm just like i have i can't look away well because it's a part of it somehow it's a part of the fucking movie yeah and you're like uh it's not like and i hate to say i don't stick around for credits often just because like i don't know i got i got time on my hands you know i'm there's 10 minutes of credits here. That's 10 That's, minutes extra I can yeah, have. More for the actual person that worked on it to see their yeah. Not for us to be like, oh, Rachel Smith. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I loved your work as a 
as a you know or whatever but you um, and that's the thing is that like they they deserve that love and that's yeah. why they're there at all but like uh that's the thing is that it's uh I, I I'm glued to it. You know, there's something electric about the way that he handles these uh these cut to credit moments and uh mm. I don't know, I've uh I've I just really, really appreciate it. Um I'm trying to think uh if there's any there are a few lines that I really, really appreciated in this movie. And mm. you know, it kind of encapsulated as a part of my scene, but Again, like that that line that Francis says when he takes off all his bandages and he's like, uh, I guess I've still got some healing to do, you know, like that's that's the most in your face telling you what the movie is about sort of thing, you know, like, uh, I guess I've still got some healing to do, he's like, but you're getting there, you know, is, and it's was that on purpose? Did I catch that right? Or did I like his crash that his whole like I thought. Like, because there was one when he was describing, he's like, I remember little details of rain. I was going 50 miles an hour, skid off the road, then my face hit the mountain, blah, blah, blah. And, like, yeah, he, like, just explained all of it. Um, then I felt like there was, like, a – maybe with the mom when he was like, yeah, I per- like I purposefully drove into that hill or something like that. Or maybe I just caught it wrong. Um, but I sw- – I don't know. I swear it was, like – because he got, like, says – yeah, and for a second there it was total silence, then bam, the bike crashed into the ground, exploded, caught on fire, and then I smashed into the side of the hill with my face. I was driving home, I live alone right now, anyway, two joggers start. Yeah, he just, it was whatever, whenever he was first describing it, and then he referred to it again, and I swear it was like, because the mom responds, I'm sorry to hear that. I remember, like, that's, it was to the mom whenever he did say it, um... Man, I felt like it was like a like a suicide attempt or something like that. No, I um, think you're right. I think I uh I do think you're right. I think there's a layer to that that I hadn't previously considered. Um Yeah, no, it's uh and that's that's a that's a common trait of having um depression in general is that control aspect trying to dictate every single minute of every single day uh because if you don't you don't know what you're gonna do sort of thing you know like that's uh and that's you know i guess i've still got some healing to do i think that's man i didn't consider that that might have been uh because he attempted suicide and i think i do think you're right it's it's subtle it's almost offhand and i think that's he's the funny one they're always trying to like keep things ahead and like i think that's like why i like um francis the most as like a character is because if i'm right on that and like I, i'm not picking up on that wrong like he only brings it up at the very end and then the mom is like oh wow i'm so sorry but then i think you get like peter and, and jack like looking at him kind of like wait what like at, wait you didn't that's not what you told us you know mm-hmm. i i'm i don't know I, I don't know if i'm remembering wrong but like it just makes his character even more like uh you know wanting to go out in a similar way to his father you know a an accident on the road you know he's like doing i don't know it's like it adds a whole nother layer there and i just didn't want to be wrong and like put that onto his character and then it's like oh no it's he just this was just a freak accident no i think you're right i do i I definitely do. And I think there's even more to consider there with Jack's response after he says, I guess I've still got some more healing to do where he says, you're getting, you're, you're getting there though. Like, it's like, a, I, I love you, man. And I'm like, and that would further 
prove why it, this trip is so important to him. You know, why it's it's so important that they bond, that he c- connects with his family, that they we confront our past and we move forward together and they need to, you know, it's Peter and Jack who kind of need to be shocked into realizing that that's the case. And that's the, the death of the, the boy that kind of makes them realize, mm-hmm. oh, shit, I need to appreciate the people I have in my life now or they'll be gone. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Owen Wilson, Owen Wilson's Francis had already realized that because, you know, he was the one who organized the trip. He's like, we need to do this now. We need, you know, he was like, yeah, "Yeah, let's do this now. And we're doing, I don't know. So I, I think, and I I was trying to find it in the movie just to make sure, because I didn't want to leave it like open in the air, but uh, I couldn't find it. I think you, uh, I think you got a proper read on that. I don't think you, uh, I don't think you misinterpreted anything. I think you're I think you're on the nose about that. I can't believe I didn't pick that up after a few watches, but yeah, no, I got an, I got a reason to watch it for a fourth time. Um so Oh well yeah, I, I will definitely be revisiting. That's that's for sure. I, I'm not only gonna watch this movie once and then quit. That's that's never gonna happen. I feel like this right. would be a, a very common movie that I watch every now and then. No, this um, is this is one of the reasons I love Letterboxd. Um it if you log movies you know, it keeps track of your stats on the year, like uh, what movies you've watched the most and uh, what your highest rated stuff is. And it has like milestones. It's like the 50th movie you watched this year, the hundredth, whatever. Okay. And uh, the, this movie is now tied for my most watched this year. The Darjeeling Jeez. Limited uh, three times along with uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Love that movie. So it's one I just frequently revisit in a uh, comfort okay. capacity. But uh, the Darjeeling Limited, man, that one's that one's working it up there as a uh, as an option. And Wes Anderson is my most watched director this year at uh, 10 films. I'd say I have three of him and I'd say that's already enough to make it my most watched director of the year. Um, And then like my most watched actors because of Wes Anderson. (laughs) Uh, I mean, Michelle Yeoh is topping my list right now at 15. Uh, and there's a few before this, but Bill Murray has nine. Owen Wilson has eight. Willem Dafoe at seven. Angelica Houston at six. Jason Schwartzman at six. Uh, yeah, like they, like they all, he's got that yeah. team. And yeah. this was the first time you'd seen Jason Schwartzman in one of these movies so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did work with him on Rushmore, hmm. which was a movie, the movie before Royal Tenenbaums. So like, uh, so this is all, everyone's come back everyone's coming back this was the first time that all three of them worked together on the same movie uh because this was his first time working with adrian brody and i don't believe owen wilson was in rushmore um so all three become frequent cast members of wes anderson but this is the first time they got the chance to work on the same movie together and they're playing brothers kind of impeccably and it is hilarious whenever they cast brothers with owen wilson and luke wilson right there and uh not casting luke wilson as uh owen wilson's brother is kind of hilarious um i think the point of it was to make him seem all so different though yeah it was it was for sure and that's kind of uh that's the thing with all of these two is that in the royal tenenbaums Luke Wilson played one of the Tenenbaums and Owen Wilson played uh, 
Eli across the street, you know, like uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's not a family member. They were in the movie bottle rocket together in 1996 and, uh, they're friends. They're best friends. They're not brothers. So like they're, yeah. I think they're trying to suspend. He's trying to make you suspend belief more so than being mm-hmm. like, uh, like, Oh yeah, duh, they're brothers. No, he's trying to make it a little bit more, a little bit more complicated than that. And frankly, I think that these casting choices for these roles were perfect. You know, I, I do eventually, and this is something I want you to think about. Once we get to the French dispatch, I haven't asked like a, uh, a question you know, a question of the episode mm. for any of these. And it's because mm. once we get to the French dispatch ahead of Asteroid City, and this is something you can think on for a while, uh, what actors would you like to see in a in Wes Anderson movies? Um, uh, apart from what, who we have. Apart like, from what we've seen. Okay, like gotcha. someone who has never been in a Wes Anderson yeah. movie, to your knowledge, who would you like to see in a Wes Anderson movie? And just, you can think on that for the next couple weeks. Um, I might ask you for like a top five, you know, five actors okay. you would love to see yeah. in a Wes Anderson movie. Um, because there's like, that's the thing is that, like I said, Adrian Brody, my, my perception of him has shifted so much, uh, because of Wes Anderson movies. I, 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 you know, most recently we saw him in the 52 year journey through film as the love interest in King Kong, you know, and we were kind of, uh, we were kind of dismissive of him as an actor. Then like, we were like, yeah, he did a good job, but like, what are we going to give Adrian Brody and the King Kong movie an award over Leo and the departed or whatever the fuck, you know, like, uh, no, it's just not how, it's just not how it's going to go. But, uh, in the, in the last few months getting to know Adrian Brody and Wes Anderson movies and, uh, in the show poker face also fantastic in that, um, I, I I just I view him as a much a much better actor than I previously had, and uh, same with Owen Wilson. And there are just so many actors who I think would work so well in his context. And you know, one that I didn't realize who all of a sudden just made perfect sense in one Gene Hackman as Royal Tenenbaum. Mm-hmm. That's a guy who is like I I wouldn't have pegged him for the Wes Anderson vibe and then he knocked that out of the fucking park yeah so it might not be someone who you'd expect it could just be really any i don't know maybe that's the point it could be anyone it could exactly and that's why it's a fun question you know you think about like a jack black you know yeah like uh someone someone who you think only has their role and like that's all they do for their movies but then like you get someone like west to i don't know open them up and show you what they can really do or Mm. i don't know something like that but uh that's the only one who's coming to mind, I guess, right now would be Jack Black. I don't, I don't um, have any more, but I, I will be thinking on that. That that is very interesting. Um, but I don't know. I, I do. It does make sense that he does stick with the same people because then you know yeah. it's just like you know you get, he you get your feel how for they your, make the movies, team, what they yeah. want out of them. Yeah, and, um, so it probably it does end up making for for better movies overall. Because um, at the end of the day you really want to not see the actor you want to see you know the you want to see the yeah. character so like if ideally it, it'd be nice to have nobodies in movies all the time you know but that's just i don't know that's, you don't they're not good you know that, that's what the reason yeah. we have the same people is because they're they're really good at what they do and they get um, good at working with the people yeah. they work with you know and that's uh yeah no nah, man i i ultimately i adore this movie i think it's easily mm-hmm. my favorite of the ones mm. we've covered so far, which leaves us with the job 
of giving it a good old-fashioned rating. How are we feeling about it, enjoyment-wise? We gave The Life Aquatic a 9.5. We did, and I am comfortably, I enjoy it more. Um, so it's either a 10 or a 9.75. I just don't know where you're at. Um, I mean, uh, the way that I always look at this, if you're giving a movie a 10 in enjoyment, it is amongst your favorite movies of all time. I've already stated that it is confidently the case for me. So like I am, I am more than willing to give this a 10, but if you want to leave room to grow, because I also said I have two movies above this, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to throw this a nine, seven, five, I would also be comfortable with that because like it would be, it would be early to give a movie a 10, but I will say my gut wasn't a 10. Okay. Um, but I just don't know where it stands on the rest of my all-time movie list. This is the first time right. I've watched the movie. Exactly. I'm already giving it a 9.75. That's my like lowest that I'm going is like really 9.75 because I'm not really tying it with the Life Aquatic here. I um, think we should be. I think we should be hesitant to give movies a 10. I think mm-hmm. that's fair. You know, uh, so I'm I'm 100% cool with a 9.75 there, and uh, I'm I'm down for rolling with that. But. Uh, Critically, I find myself in a in a better place than the Life of Quark as well. I think that visually, it was every bit as brilliant, even though it didn't mm-hmm. have that signature Wes Anderson-y vibe in the same way. Uh, it was I, I not easily better written because the Life Aquatic was extremely well written, but like this is one of my favorite stories and capturing of you know sibling dynamics i've ever seen mm-hmm. in a movie uh so the darjeeling limited it's it's got an upper hand you know yeah. um, you know life life aquatic you get like steve's you know we get like that whole arc and like it's so satisfying to like just see what he goes through but this we get like three brother arc, that are you know like, like it's a good all great yeah like all super good so i mean i was already above uh life aquatic critically as well um for me i was my gut was taking me around like a just nine ish Mm -hmm. nine nine two five is kind of what i would say um but i'd be cool i'd be cool with a nine um i'd be cool with a nine for sure so i'm I'm 100 down with that and that gives this movie a 9.25 which is our Mm -hmm. second of the day recording wise funny enough um wow puts on the Interesting, yeah, on the same level. <laughs> on the same as level the, as the as season three finale. finale. Yeah, that's um, <laughs> I mean, hey, that, that's not bad company to be in. No, um, and it's it's different. I, rating television yeah, is a yeah. bit different than rating <laughs> movies. Um, but yeah, nine point two five on on our old scale, which is better than the IMDb. I can confidently say, on IMDb, this movie received a. 7.2 out of 10 so not as not as well received as we receive it let's see let's you know maybe i start incorporating the letterbox rating that's an important one you know it says tomatoes a, uh, go ahead oh go ahead go ahead tomatoes gives a 78 audience score but 69 percent critically all right there and cool. then letterboxd gives it a 7.6 out of 10 which is 3.8 out of five. Wow. Uh, wow. 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 Yeah. Uh, I never really, I never really considered that. Wow. 
And maybe, I don't know, maybe the prime of two Wes Anderson movies before, just to, like... Because whenever I watch movies, I guess... And I'm coming out of this now, but, like, I really... I expect so much more. And then whenever I get in the theater and watch a movie, and then it's, like, not what I expect, and I'm like, oh, man, now I'm a little disappointed. But these right. movies, I'm going in full blind. Like, I know nothing of these movies nothing. beforehand. Yeah. And I just watch it. And that's, like, so much better than... Absolutely. Then I don't know. It's, it it makes for so much of a better watching experience and and movie experience. And I guess it probably also helps that these movies are just actually really good too, and not yeah, just like a, a comic book superhero movie that I'm going out to a theater to see. Um, this is what I would consider like art. You know, right. like I these I, I are like this. Movies. This is art, and I, I wouldn't call marvel movies or something like that art it still no. is technically there, and no there there's um, an art to it but it's yes. it's a different thing it is this and is I, art art yeah. I, it, yeah if that makes sense no i'm with you and i can't wait to continue this project because i think if you've been happy about these three you're only going to get happier on friday with fantastic mr fox this is their first mm. animated movie first of two Ooh. uh and okay. it's uh absolutely incredible i just watched this last night again and i will be watching it again before we record on it uh so you got that to look forward to friday we got game of thrones uh winter is blooming our game of thrones rewatch podcast that's on mondays we just kicked off season four this week and we've got season four episode two next week a big one big one for us and we will continue Mm -hmm. this project with the grand budapest hotel and moonrise kingdom next week moonrise kingdom on wednesday grand budapest hotel on friday ecstatic about that head to patreon.com slash penny bloom pod where you'll find over 50 hours of exclusive content all sorts of written content uh reviews for movies books uh comic books all all of that for three bucks a month you can support this podcast financially which is huge because it costs me money and i don't make any off of it unless it's over there so head there uh follow me on follow us on twitter at penny bloom pod follow on instagram at penny bloom podcast and remember to leave a five-star rate and review I was Colton Robertson. I was joined by Joseph George. Thank you very much, homie. Oh, thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here. Oh, and it's always a pleasure to have you. And remember, peace, love, and bloom. And I guess I've still got some healing to do.